Hello and welcome to the We'll Preach for Food podcast. I'm Doug. I'm the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church. We're a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America based out of Shelton, Washington. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Our podcast is a confirmation sermon today. It's in honor of a young member of faith by the name of Jacob Miller. Confirmation is a tradition in the Lutheran Church. Raise your hand if you were confirmed. It has to do with coming of age, assuming greater responsibility in the life of the church, completing catechetical studies, affirming one's baptism. And to understand this sermon, you also need to know that Jacob is an avid bird watcher. He tells me that he's spotted over a hundred different species of birds over the years, many of them at Skokomish Valley Farms, where he farms with his family. I personally know very little about ornithology. In fact, I had to Google bird science to get the word ornithology. But So when it comes to citing birds in a field, I'm not much use. But when it comes to citing Bible verses about birds, well, that's right up my alley. So what follows is a sermon about birds and faith. A transcript of this podcast, as well as worship and study resources, all the bird citations you could ever want are located at our website, www.faithshelton.org. Please open your Bibles. We'll start in Psalm 84, Psalm 84. But first, let's pray. And this uh, prayer is, is from a song called The Summons. God, your summons echoes true when you but call my name. Let me turn and follow you and never be the same. In your company, I'll go where your love and footsteps show. Thus, I'll move and live and grow in you and you in me. Amen. So congratulations, Jacob, for completing the requirements for confirmation at faith. You went to all the classes. You put on the cool red stole thingy. Last month, we were out at your farm with family and church family, and you made promises, yes, by the help of God. And you made a confirmation project that features pictures that you took of birds of nature, and and you connected uh, those pictures and the beauty of creation with your faith, and you described your own stewardship of creation. Psalm 84 was your confirmation verse, and, and I, as your pastor, committed to preaching a sermon based on Psalm 84. So here it goes. Let's begin with, with Psalm 84, the first four verses. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. The psalm addresses that age-old question, where do we find God? What's it like to be in the presence of God, in the dwelling place where God is? I tell you, you can have your pearly gates and your streets paved with gold. All meet God in the beauty of creation. In a deep Olympic rainforest, on a windy Washington coast, a Cascade mountaintop, or maybe even a Skokomish Valley farm. Like the Psalms, I'll lift my eyes to the hills, I'll, plant, I'll pant for streams of water with the deer. I want to be led through some green pastures. See, that's why I love the Psalms. Psalms are always using nature and creation to describe their experience of God. 
And that's what Psalm 84 does too. Faith is literally for the birds. The writer compares being in the presence of God with a sparrow finding shelter, with a swallow building its nest, safe and warm and dry. Maybe Jesus had Psalm 84 in mind when he was teaching about the goodness and provision of his Father. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, Jesus teaches, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add even a single hour to your life? The point of Jesus' teaching, if if God can and does keep track of and provide for such small and fragile creatures as the birds of the air, of sparrows and swallows, then how much more God tracks and provides you for you and me? Remember in our confirmation classes, Jacob, we, we learned about manna and mercy, the provision of God, that everything that we have is a gift from God. It's freely given to be shared freely with others. Even the ability to work hard is a gift. So Jacob, always remember to be grateful to God, to count your blessings and be generous toward others. And do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink. Life is more than food or clothing or politics. While we're in the Gospel of Matthew, it's worth pausing to hear Jesus compare himself to another bird, this time a mother hen. Jesus says, how I long to gather my people together as a mother hen gathers her chicks to herself. Now, I know you have chickens at your farm, Jacob. I don't know personally firsthand how a mother hen behaves when gathering her chicks. I imagine it involves lots of chasing and clucking and pecking, whatever it takes. And God, says the Bible, is a mother hen. God's methods might be more sophisticated than a beak, but the instinct, intention, and nature of God is relentless pursuit, doing whatever it takes to round you up and bring you home, especially when you've flown the coop. Well, and if that's what God is like, then it also means that as Christians, those of us created in the image and likeness of God, which is everybody, it means that we as Christians should have the same attitude toward each other. Now, sure, there's a danger in over-functioning with others, but there's a greater danger in doing nothing while a precious child of God starts straying too far from the constraints of the mother hen. We are responsible for one another. We need each other. Jacob, you've made it this far because family and friends and church family and even pastors love you and have kept track of you. And now it's your responsibility as well to keep track of others, including your family, your friends, your church family, and yes, keeping track of your pastor. And just real briefly, a third note of the mother hen. If Jesus is okay with feminine images of God, then maybe we can be okay with them too. Just saying. All right, so we've talked about sparrows and birds of the air and and a mother hen. Let's move to a couple more birds that show up in the Bible. This one's fun. Here's what the book of Job says about the ostrich 
in chapter 20, uh, in chapter 39, verses 13 through 18, the book of Job. The wings of the ostrich flap joyfully, though they cannot compare with the wings and feathers of the stork. She lays her eggs on the ground and lets them warm in the sand, unmindful that a foot may crush them, that some wild animal may trample them. She treats her young harshly as if they were not hers. She cares not that her labor was in vain. For God did not endow her with wisdom or give her a share of good sense. Yet when she spreads her feathers to run, she laughs at the horse and rider. Now that would have been a great confirmation verse, wouldn't it have, Jacob? Well, here's the thing. The ostrich ain't too bright. Ostrich can't really fly very well. It's pretty clear that the Bible is not encouraging you, me, or anyone else to take parenting lessons or flying lessons from the ostrich. But oh boy, can they run. That's what they were made for. See, God doesn't create everything to all be the same. God likes variety. And God made people like that too. All sorts of shapes and sizes and colors and genders and gifts and abilities. God made you special, Jacob. You can't do all the things you weren't made to. But there are things that only you can do. Jacob, don't ever be afraid to stand out. Don't ever worry about trying to fit in. You be you. Just like the ostrich. Some of the best advice I ever heard was a quote from Howard Thurman, who said this. He said, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. And now from Isaiah chapter 40, let's look at one more bird, the eagle. Actually, I've got three more birds, so, but the eagle is the next one here. Isaiah 40. Do you not know, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. It's a classic line. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. Jacob, you've seen it when an eagle soars across the skies. Wings spread wide, gliding effortlessly in the air. And faith is like that. The Spirit of God is always blowing and swirling and ready to carry us to new heights. Faith is sort of like leaving the nest, spreading your wings and being carried away by the Spirit. God provides you with a, a place to nest, to find security, rest, and calm. But God is also going to be there to push you out of your comfort zone, to kick you out of the nest into a wild and amazing world. When the Spirit calls you, Jacob, get out of the nest, spread your wings, and fly. Okay, last two birds I'm going to talk about, the raven and the dove. So first, two stories about ravens. In Genesis chapter 8, Noah and all the animals are floating around on the ark, no land in sight. 
and Noah sends a raven out to scout for dry land, but there's still none to be found. And so the Bible says the raven just, quote, kept flying back and forth until the water had dried up. Interestingly, this language is very similar to the story of creation when the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. Now, the other raven story that I remember is about a prophet named Elijah. He gets in trouble with the king, and God tells Elijah to hide out in the wilderness. And then God orders ravens to deliver Elijah food, two squares a day, meat and bread every morning and evening. That's in 1 Kings 17. Now, personally, I'm not sure how I would feel about eating food delivered by ravens, but there you go. I was talking to uh, Faith's youth director, Emily, and she was the one who noticed how ravens are always the hardworking, behind-the-scenes servants who just get things done. The raven driving away the chaos. The raven satisfying the needs of God's people. And then there are the doves. Again, two stories. The first dove story is... The story of Noah, again, Genesis 8. The dove is the one who finally returns to the ark with a sign of hope. The waters had had diminished enough so that there was dry land, and, and so the dove brings back a fresh olive branch, indicating that out of the chaos of the waters, there was once again dry land, where the human race and all animals could once again live long and prosper, or bear fruit and multiply. In the second story, I think about the dove. I think about the story of the baptism of Jesus, Matthew chapter 3, where the dove shows up as the embodiment of the Holy Spirit, a sign of the hope and the peace of God which passes all understanding. When you were baptized, Jacob, the Holy Spirit descended upon you like a dove, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, the spirit of joy in your presence, in God's presence. Jacob, you've got the spirit. Yes, you do. You were given the spirit in baptism. Confirmation doesn't add anything to it, but confirmation is your way of saying, yes, I receive and want to live into the calling to which I've been called. And so the, de- the dove is a symbol of blessing, hope, and peace. The dove is once again and always a sign that the Holy Spirit is in you. So I guess what I'm trying to tell you, Jacob, is this. First, live confidently like the sparrow. You are loved and you are safe in the presence of God. Number two, have compassion like a mother hen. We need each other. Number three, You were created to run like the ostrich. You be you. Number four, when faith calls out, spread your wings and soar like the eagle. Number five, serve like the raven. Dispel the darkness, feed the hungry. The work is its own reward. And number six, bless like the dove. The world needs all the hope and the peace you can bring it. And finally, remember, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Thanks for listening, Jacob. Thanks for listening, all of you, to this week's We'll Preach for Food podcast. 
For more information about faith, go to our website, www.faithshelton.org. If this message has touched your heart, or if you'd like to know more about baptism or church membership or, or God's good purpose for your life, please reach out to me. You can uh, email me at welcomehome at faithshelton.org. You can also listen to or subscribe to this podcast uh, through Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other way you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please share this message with a friend. Thank you for your ongoing generous financial donations that support this podcast, that support the ministries of Faith Lutheran Church. I leave you with this benediction. May God, the great mother hen, brood over you and keep you. May God, the faithful raven, feed you with the food from heaven that truly satisfies. And may God, the gentle dove, fill you with spirit and hope and peace. Amen. Mm-hmm.